from Kurtco Media. Coming up on Life Done Better. And also I had the confidence in knowing that there was at least one person in Hollywood who believed in me. It's um, the most magical man I've ever met. So caring, so about artists becoming their fullest potential, so about me growing into what he saw, which was like, you are a talented woman and you have to show up for yourself. Welcome to Life Done Better. I'm your host, Jill DeYoung. Talking to Nadine Velasquez, she is an actress with an extensive resume on television and film. Her career began with a fun and sexy role on the hit comedy show My Name is Earl and The League. She's known for starring in other hit shows such as Real Husbands of Hollywood, Major Crimes, and opposite Denzel Washington in the film Flight. Hey, welcome to the show. I have these great memories with you and you know, we've come a long way. It's really nice to see you growing and evolving and I'm so proud of you for creating your own show, Latina, a dream come true. And you just moved to Malibu. New year, new home. Yeah, and it's great to see you married for the second time. (laughs) I know, like you've known me that long that you've seen me getting married for the second time. So I know that you have put acting a bit on the back burner, right? You've been more writing, producing, you're really honoring those skills. But I would love to hear what is one of the most memorable and special moments of your acting career. You know, I don't have a moment. I don't have a pivotal moment. I have many moments. I have a show called Real Husbands of Hollywood, which is on BET starring Kevin Hart. And I was opposite him and it was our first day. It was our first time meeting and I'm known for my comedy, for doing comedic roles. That's what I tend to do. And I just like lit up. It was a new level. I think in the past I've had a story that I have to play the role that they are expecting. It's like, oh, this is what it is. And this is how she played. This is this character. And this is what she looks like. This is what she sounds like. And and so I would like morph myself into what I thought the character was. And then it was the first time that I just stepped out of that. And I was like, the character is what I say it is. And it's going to have elements of what they originally imagined, but I'm going to bring what I do. And it was amazing. Like that got me so many opportunities afterwards. And not just that, but like just working on set and having the cast and the crew being so lit up by what was coming to life was also really like encouraging and motivating. It was like a bit of a switch for me. It was like, ah, this is what it means. And it takes a while to to get there. Yeah, of course, to even build that confidence to go there, right? To take it to another level, to kind of gauge with the director, can I go this far? You hear it with all A stars, like that's what they talk about. And it does take a lot of courage because there's so much pressure on those sets sometimes. And it's like, you think you're super confident, but you're, you got a little part of you that's like, I don't know if they liked it. Of course. And it reminds me of something that you said about wearing masks. Like we're making such a big deal out of wearing masks, but at the same time, a lot of us have been wearing masks most of our lives. And that just means that we are putting ourselves in a role, in a position 
And when we take the mask off, you seem so much more of ourselves. And I think that's what you're also talking about with that great experience with acting where you could show more of you and feel like, you know, you could confidently step into that role and be applauded for it and go like, oh, it's actually not such a scary place. This is actually where I want to be. And this is where I thrive. And it ignites others too. Absolutely. I think it's a great metaphor for all things. Like anytime you're wanting to shine, not like, oh, give me attention, but oh, this is who I am and this is my potential and this is my essence and I want to share it with the world. Like anytime you can tap into that, it requires total trust in yourself. Yeah. And how do you build that trust? Practice. What is your practice like? Because I know of all of us, like we go through so many phases in our lives. We get, you know, curveballs, just turmoil. Like how do you really stay close to yourself and stay true to what you believe is right for you and create that life on your own terms? Well, for me, it's been just age. Like the older I get, the more I'm aware of time passing and like how valuable time is and wanting to make the most out of all the moments that you get. But when I was younger and thought that I had infinite time, there was too much time with mindless musings and like keeping myself small. And I thought I was keeping myself safe by not putting myself out there, but I was really just wasting time, I thought. Absolutely. Especially if you're an ambitious person, like you got to know that it doesn't happen overnight and every step counts. And every time you show up is fuel for the next time and the next way. And every time you cross a threshold and you accomplish something, that's more confidence that you gain that you can never give up. Like it doesn't go away. It just adds on to your tenacity. Yeah. And I also think that the things that we struggle with and have to overcome can really become the biggest gifts in our lives and can really show us a way that we would never think we'd be happiest. And one of those things that I'm talking about for you is your TV show that you just actually wrote, produced and sold off to Showtime, which is amazing. And I would love to hear like the background of the show and what the show is all about, because it's, it's about your life. But what part of your life? The origin of the show is basically a point in my life where I was cast opposite Will Smith in a, in a movie. It was a huge opportunity. It required a lot of rehearsing and a lot of combat stuff. And it was a director I'd always dreamed of working with. And I just didn't want to do it. I was sabotaging my rehearsals and my practices. I was coming late. I wasn't showing up. I was a lot of things that would indicate that I wasn't being responsible. So what happened was I just got to a place where I was just in so much mental anguish and there were so many transitions in my life that I couldn't handle. Like so many things were changing and it just caught up with me. Like it didn't matter anymore that I was an actress. I didn't even want to fucking be an actress anymore. I didn't care about anything. And I had apathy, like I was living apathetically and I lost my drive, my passion, my sense of self, everything. And it was a very dark, dark place. So when I got fired, which is inevitably what happens when you don't show up for work, Will had called me and he was like, why aren't you at rehearsals today? And obviously he knew what had happened, but he, he reached out. Like he genuinely wanted to hear the story. And so we had lunch and then I didn't even realize that I was telling him my life story when I basically sat with him. Well, I think I got to this point because this is where I'm at, just emotionally, spiritually. He asked you one question and you gave him much more than that. And he was just like, 
this is a TV show. <laughs> he said that right away. He did. He said, this is a TV show. And I said, well, I said, you know, yeah, it is. And I said, in fact, I've always wanted to have my own TV show. And he's like, well, if you write this, I will executive produce it. Unbelievable. So you came down to this really dark and scary place and you took the call and you were honest enough to share what actually is happening inside of you. And that turned out to be a dream come true, show producing Will Smith on the show and getting it done. I have to say like as clean and beautiful as that picture sounds, like there's been a lot of pain that has come with that too. I, I wanted to be a writer before I wanted to be an actress. In fact, before I moved to Hollywood, I was going to school in Chicago to get my master's in creative writing. And then I met my husband at the time and I deterred that plan and then decided to be an actress. But I never was passionate about being an actress. I was more passionate about being a storyteller and acting in the stories that I told. To me, that's still the most exciting part of the entertainment business is for me to act in the stories that I want to collaborate with, either that I'm telling them or I'm co-writing or something. Like to me, as I'm shaping my career, that is where I'm headed. So the process has been like, he gave me an opportunity, but I didn't know if I could show up for that opportunity either. I had never written a script before. I don't know I don't know how to put everything together. Like he basically just gave me his name, but he said, you got to do the rest. You got to show up. You got to have a plan, have deadlines. And he supported that all the way. Like he was, he was like the grand mentor who was just like, that's a great step. Now this is your next task. Now this is your next task. Basically I got the quantum leap because I'm supposed to be here. It's the only way I could think of it. And I'm so grateful for that. I believe in those miracles. I believe in those moments in, in people's lives. If you're open to it, you know, you get second chances, you get people who want to come help. It's just, are you going to show up for you? So the next day, were you able to schedule things? Did you need help? Did you have like a team that could make sure that you were doing the right thing? Did you feel like you were so in tune with this life's purpose that it naturally made you commit and it naturally made you work so hard? Or really, was it quite difficult to go from not being super committed to the thing that you were doing before to this whole new mindset of creation? There's two parts to that. Like there is one is it felt like a natural inclination because I felt purposeful finally. Like I think that's what I was lacking was purpose. And so I could show up for it. And also I had the confidence in knowing that there was at least one person in Hollywood who believed in me. It's um, the most magical man I've ever met. So caring, so about artists becoming their fullest potential, so about me growing into what he saw, which was like, you are a talented woman and you have to show up for yourself. Yeah. And what I really like about your attitude and mindset about the entertainment industry, it's not just about entertainment. It's about provoking an emotion. It's about provoking questions. It's about making people's lives better or, you know, what I'm doing here on Life Done Better. If our story, if by sharing and in, in honesty and sharing what we've gone through in our lives can inspire one other person to make better decisions for their life and turn their lives around for the better, right? It's so purposeful. It really is. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back with Nadine Velasquez.
I've got another show that you'll love that I've been a guest on in the past, Behind the Human with Mark Champagne. It's a top 50 show focused on upgrading your mental fitness. Mark unpacks the stories and practices keeping exceptional humans at the top of their game personally and professionally. You can find Behind the Human with Mark Champagne on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back with Nadine Velasquez. And it's comedy, right? It is definitely has a spin on it. it. What is it called? We call it tromedy. It has elements of dark, you know, so it's like a dark comedy. We want to hit the parts that are uncomfortable, but we also want to make it light and we want to make it funny because life is, life actually is a tromedy. Beautifully described. And I think that many people are going to be so receptive learning from that than just going into the darkness because there's already so much darkness and people want to deal with their things. But yes, we can always bring it to the light and bring it in a way on a platter where it's easy to digest. So some acting gigs require a big emotional investment on your part to really step into a character and make it yours. And as I know, emotions get stored in our body. And how do you shake off the character's emotions and separate them from your own when you go home? Because a lot of my stuff has been mostly comedy. It's not that I haven't done dramas. I have. There has been times where I've done like a scary movie and we're doing a lot of like nighttime shooting. And there's a lot of like screaming or a lot of tapping into terror. Yeah. I remember going like, I'm not doing these, these anymore. Like, I don't, don't want to do these. It will creep you out as soon as you go home. You're kind of closing all your doors, every window. I don't know, Jill. Like, I, I really just want to enjoy my life. So anything that's going to bring me down, I don't even want to fuck with it, even if it pays me a lot. Well, and good for you. You know, you have to, like, stay close to yourself always. So in the movie Flight with Denzel Washington, you play a flight attendant and you had to get naked for a scene and make love to Denzel. Now, how do you mentally prepare for that? And do you practice for a scene like that? What runs through your mind? That was pretty wild because I had never been fully nude before in front of a bunch of people. Because I'm think thinking by myself, like I've had quite a few modeling jars where I had to strip down. I even had to ride on a motorcycle naked once through a forest with an actor on the backseat holding me around my waist. So just picture that, right? For me, it was, I mean, pretty awkward, you know, like in the beginning, because everyone is fully dressed. And here I am standing naked and I have to sit on a motorcycle, okay? And so the first time I go on set, like it was really weird. The second time and third time, you know, that day, it was just like, whatever. They started to get used to it. They just looked me in the eyes instead of like, you know, looking up and down. But yeah, mentally it changes once you've done it. But I was wondering if you had any fears or if something came up and you're like, you know what? My body is in the best shape ever. This is actually really great time to show it off. And, and even though you know that your neighbors can see it and your parents, I mean, like that, those things run through my mind sometimes. And I think I've never been comfortable with being related to just by my body. I've never, ever, 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 ever have been. And then eventually I was like, I don't want to do these roles anymore. And I don't, I don't want to do this. Even in my name is Earl, like I had them change my outfit. Like they had me in much skimpier stuff. And I was like, I really want my whole ass to be covered. Like I really want my full breast to be covered. Like I don't want any of these things hanging out because it doesn't, I don't feel good, you know? And, and the creator of it was totally cool about that. But I would be in a coat until it was time. Can I just wear clothes today? Yeah. And, and then it just got old after a while. I was just like, I, I, this has to change. Like this has to change for me. 
Well, it's obviously changed so much. Also, now you're more into the creating side of shows and writing and producing. And I'm actually curious how that feels inside of you. Like, do you feel less pressure to look a certain way? Because, you know, there's a lot of pressure on looking good, maintaining a certain weight if you're in the spotlight. And now you've been more at home during COVID. You've been really internalizing and creating and not much out in the spotlight, not going for auditions. Has that changed how you feel within and how you express yourself? I do feel like I've, I'm older and I look older and I don't have the same body as I've had before. I have more weight on it. It's harder to get off. And there is a bit of a, you know, mind fuckery that goes on with that. Cause in my mind, it's like, oh, it's easy to get snapped back into that. It's like, no, I'm 25 pounds more. Like, and do I want to be that skinny at that time in my life? I wasn't carrying any weight in terms of anything not even the depth that I have now. And I remember one of my therapists said to me as I was gaining weight during therapy, she was like, this is great because energetically you're caring more. So your body is going to take and reflect that. So she's like, it's not a bad thing. And then ever since she said that, it's like, I can even feel my walk is different. When I walk, I feel so much more rooted to the ground than before it was like lighter and more on like my shoulders and head. And now it's like, boom. You're more present in your body. Yeah. So I like the weight that I'm carrying. It is more voluptuous than it's ever been. Yeah. I got a belly, but I'm also not trying to like show all that. Yeah. So you're way more relaxed about it. And I think that is freedom on its own, right? To truly enjoy life. And if that's ex exactly how you want to live, and even if you have a little, you know, a couple extra pounds on you, but you actually can really accept it and feel grounded, like you said, and good within, I think that's everything. That is the best place that you can be in your life. It really is. And Hey, thank God for body positivity too, that people like have in some ways are embracing the non-perfection of it all. I'm still mindful and I obviously still want to maintain a figure. It's just part of my identity to maintain it. I don't want it to go out of, out of hand, but I'm not obsessed with it. I'm not going to beat myself up for any decision that I made food-wise. I see girls and they're always getting a procedure done and they're so perfect and they're, they're getting their tummy tightened and they're getting new thighs and they got extra swollen lips and they've got all these new procedures. And I'm like, I hope the person benefiting from this is like having a good time and treats you well, because it's like, you really are only doing, why are you doing it? Who are you yeah. doing it for? Do these people care for you who you're doing it for? Are they treating you well? Do they listen to you? Are they there for you at night? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's, it's a good question to ask. And also, are you doing it for someone else? Are you really doing it for yourself and think that the other person wants to? If that takes up so much time in your mind. I know it because I was there. I had to be perfect in my 20s. Everything had to be perfect. My nose had to be perfect. My eyelids had to be perfect. The hair in my head had to be perfect. I was obsessed with every angle. And I was going to the doctor and I was getting fillers and whatever I needed to do to like this person in the mirror. But it's like, I was also empty. I was also lonely. I was also like, who was I competing with? No, exactly. And that's the beautiful epiphany that, you know, like you get also when you do grow older, you get wiser in that sense. You feel more sane in a crazy world where there is high standards and, and beauty and appearance. I think that COVID has helped me like to really come back to, 
who do I want to be day to day? And what do, what clothes do I want to wear? I've given up my modeling career a few years ago. You know, I've been wearing pretty much gym clothes all day, every day, bikinis. And so I, I was even thinking this morning, when was the last time I wore a real pair of jeans? Not a cut-off pair, not a pair of shorts, but a real pair of jeans. And when was the last time I wore a bra? Because I do, you know, wear bikini tops and sport bras, but really just a, a real bra. I'm like, that's been a long time, girl. <laughs> so it's, it's interesting, but it's nice to hear from you as well that you are in a good place with yourself. And I think everyone can relate if you're in the fashion or entertainment industry or not. Like we all have these little bugs, software malfunctions in our mind that tell us we need to do this and do that and be worried about this and that. And then the software is starting to like coming out, our software is getting cleaned up and we feel so much more free and happy. And that truly is so special. Now, I also see that you're on Instagram sharing about the inner work that you've been doing. On Instagram, you shared, my spiritual practices are getting stronger, my heart is getting stronger, and so are my legs. Let's take squats. So what are the, some of the biggest lessons of 2020 for you? And what are some of the things you'd like to continue to improve this year? My spiritual practices are number one. And is that meditation? Is that special practice that you've developed for yourself? All day long, my mind is centered on healthy ideas and thoughts. And then I'm becoming very aware that when I'm not, that it's because I've lost my connection to God. And so I'm deepening my understanding of God and my understanding of what it means to be walking with God. And this is not from a Christian standpoint, like I'm, even though Christianity does talk about this and many as do many other religions i'm starting to understand it conceptually you know like what does that mean that means i have a right mind and i have a wrong mind and whenever i'm in fear and lack and worry it's because i don't trust the universe anymore i don't trust that i was put here for a purpose and that that purpose if i get out of the way is going to become what it's meant to become and so long as I'm in my fearful mind, I'm trying to manipulate it, control it, tell it what it is. But when I'm in my right mind, which is totally like, you got this, God, and I'm just here to follow the signs and follow the prompts, then that's a different life experience. That's more peace. That's where you get the intuition to do things. Things happen out of the blue. And we're always connected to that, even when we're in our wrong mind. It's still there. It's just a matter of looking, like stopping and looking, looking up and being like, okay, what's in front of me? Like with Will, I was in my wrong mind, but my spirit has always been there. Like our spirit is always connected. And in that moment when everything fell apart, I couldn't grasp onto perfection anymore because it was clear there was no perfection. So it kind of humbled me. And in that humbling, I was open to see with a gift that was in front of me. So it's constantly strengthening that belief when you're going to a place of fear or doubt or certain resistance that come, come back. And being like, okay, I'm in fear right now. I'm in lack. What are my practices? My practices are I should connect again. I've clearly lost my faith. I've clearly lost belief. And I know that that's a lie. I know that that's a lie. Beautiful. Nadine, I am so proud of you for stepping up your game. Thank you for sharing so honestly and open about you, your life, all that you've learned. Nadine, where can our listeners keep in contact with you? My name, it's Nadine Velasquez, and that's two Z's, no S. 
I love you and it's so good to see you here and hear you and feel close to your heart. This episode was produced and edited by AJ Mosley for Kurt Co. Media. Mastering by Steve Ricky Berg. Until next time, my friends, have a beautiful day. Kirkco Media. Media for your mind.